This is the Johnny Taco Podcast. Refusing to settle, pushing the pedal on another level full of rubble, dropping the devil, ready to fight. Along for the ride, bringing the hype, no reason to hide. Killing my pride and filling the vibes, millennial mind. Don't mind the grind, don't need to save space with faith. This great hate me, you love me, you're not above me. Say that I'm ugly, say that I'm lovely, judge me. I love thee still, that's honesty. Honestly, I'm sipping on some honesty. Serving truth ironically, like Kermit the Frog, iconically. But that's none of my business. Wrapping my gift like Christmas, I'm in this to win this Hold up, back on the track with attack, packing the heat, the seat straight class on match Just last speak words on me through rap, no trap, that's fact Talking to crap, who are you again? Running your mouth, breathing that wind, no time for the games Put it to an end, breaking walls down, I'm coming in Heat keep my skin and I'm praising Christ Walk in the dark as I give the light, it's quite the side I've crossed the line, there's no turning back, you are mine was weak before I met you There was nothing good in me Yeah, you came and saved me Now I feel so alive I feel
What's up? This is a special episode of Taco Talk. I'm your friend, your counsel, your brother, your Christian brother, Johnny Tacos. And I'm here with the crazy man. I call him Pocket Kid Rock. It is Austin Wallace. What's up, Austin? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, man? Man, I haven't seen you since you saw me. I know, which has been, man, it's it's actually probably been almost a month. I know, uh, you know, I kind of miss uh, you and your wife sitting in the back just dancing, yeah, getting into up. the worship music. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, but you, you've always been this wild and crazy guy. Uh, yes and no. I mean, like, so I, I mean, yes, I've always had the wild, outlandish personality type. Um, but as far as like worship in the way that we worship now, I haven't always been like that. Um, which is kind of a, it's interesting because I think most people like you, you know, oh, you've probably been that way your whole life. And no, I actually, (laughs) I wasn't anything like that growing up. Um, not to say that I wasn't still wild and crazy, but I just channeled my energy into other different avenues and outlets and stuff like that, because I didn't know that like you could be undignified like that, that you could just lose all your, I'm going to say quote unquote religion, um, and, you know, just worship freely. Like, I didn't know that was a thing because I wasn't raised that way. Um, not like my parents had some restrictions on us or nothing like that, but we were raised, I was raised Southern Baptist out of Colleyville, Texas. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like, in the 90s, dude, I mean, in the 90s, like, you had DC talk, right? And, like, most of the church was like anti DC talk that was, oh, like, you don't listen to those guys. Those guys are heretics. And, you know, so it's like that kind of stuff. So I grew up on a lot of more, um, more, I guess, the classic country, uh, classic country, cl- classic uh, uh, 90s worship music, you know? Yeah, I yeah. just, I couldn't see you as a country, maybe, maybe you put a cowboy hat. Dude, yeah, I used to, I used to be a big, uh, big, big country guy. I'm, I'm actually kind of country at heart, but you would never know it from like the way that I dress or the way I act or talk, but it's, like. It's well hidden. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm like, dude, give me a fishing pole and I'll go fishing. Give me a, give me a rifle and I'll go hunting. Like you're like an onion. You got several layers. Exactly. Yeah. And you never know. Cause I'm like, you know, you one day back, like back when I was in high school, it was always fun cause every day was different. So one day I would dress up and look like this emo kid. And the next day I'd be in a John Deere shirt and cowboy boots and had a belt buckle, you know, that had the whole nine and everything. And, uh, and then the day after that, I'd be looking like I was straight out of the hood out of Atlanta. So, I mean, you know, like that was, that's just kind of, I guess, trying to find your identity and what you're comfortable in and all that. But that's what I did, man. I, and then I would, next day I'd be in polos with my best friend and everything Ralph Lauren polo from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. So it was just really, uh, it was always just, you know, it was just different. Textbook identity crisis. Yeah, exactly. Bef- uh, you know, usually you get those when you turn my age, you yeah. get the identity crisis with the mustang which i still haven't got my mustang it's in the bank somewhere it's somewhere it's, <laughs> i hear you it's the snow it's the ice it's keeping it from here yeah, yeah so I hear you. so let's go back to your your childhood yeah. you said that uh you were born the southern baptist yep so you went up in and started dancing and clapping Woo! no so uh so we were so i was so i was actually saved when i was six years old like i knew who jesus was i knew like what jesus was about you know i like you know i knew john three sixteen, like the back of my hand i mean so i was i was well educated in who jesus was and um Again, my parents were awesome because they never, like, forced us to believe what they believed. Uh, But they always would be like, this is why we believe what we believe. But there was never this, like, force of, you know, you have to believe what we believe. And, um, 
you know, if we didn't, it didn't, it didn't matter. They still loved us. They still chose to love on us. But, um, but yeah, growing up in, in the Baptist church, uh, especially in the nineties, things were a whole lot different than, you know, than what they are now. And, uh, and even then still like we, so I was, I was born in Texas and then we lived there till I was 10 and then we left and, uh, moved to California and I lived there till I was uh, 13. Then we moved from there and we moved to Georgia and I lived there till I was 20, I think 21, 22. And, um, and then after that, it just got nuts and I was literally all over the United States. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I say that to say like when I was younger, we, I grew up Southern Baptist from the time I was, you know, born to the time I was 10. And then we became non-denominational because I lived in California. And, but even the church we attended there was super awesome. Uh, it was a, uh, Calvary Chapel, but, um, it was actually Calvary Chapel Lake Elsinore. So it was a completely different type of vibe and atmosphere because it was a much smaller church. And like, for instance, the pastor would show up and he was like an ex-drug, like druggy and like surfer and everything. I mean, this dude was like the coolest guy ever. Like every kid wants to grow up and when you live in California, either want to ride dirt bikes or be a surfer or be, you know, Mr. Hollywood, whatever. But, uh, for me, it was like, I admired the heck out of him and going to church on Sundays was so interesting because he would show up and like be barefoot and like walk up in church barefoot and sit on stage barefoot and worship barefoot. And you're like, this is so like odd. Cause you go from being dudes in tank tops and shorts barefoot on the stage talking about Jesus. And the only thing that I ever knew was dressed up nice, you know, put on your Sunday best type thing. And, um, and again, like worship there wasn't like this, you know, thing of, uh, just this real crazy, spontaneous jumping up and down Pentecostal reverent style worship, I would say. Um, but it was just, you know, it was very, uh, you know, intimate and small, but there was not this whole conglomerate of, people waving flags and somebody running up and down the aisles, possibly, you know, um, catching the holy, you know, the holy fire, that kind of thing. So, uh, I didn't actually encounter that till way, way later in my life. Uh, matter of fact, most of the churches that like I would go visit with friends and stuff, if they did that, I was like, y'all are like, what's wrong with you guys? Like (laughs) y'all need Jesus. That's not Jesus, dude. Like I was like that. I was just kind of like, you know, taken back by it. Cause I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, you're just putting on a show, you know, like I'm thinking that you're just doing this out of, Ooh, I'm just, you know, here to, you know, for my own entertainment, you know, or I'm trying to get eyes on me, you know, whatever it be. And, uh, so for the longest time, dude, I didn't know that was like a thing. Like, I didn't know that raising your hands, jumping up and down, like really pouring your heart out was something that happened. Um, like I said, until way later in my life, I think I was actually 23, when that all kind of clicked for me. Well, so. you know, you, it was funny you were saying that. You know, I still, you know, get to a point where I'm like, do they really have the Holy Ghost in them or are they just trying? Because there are some people that do seek out attention and there's a lot Absolutely, of, Absolutely, yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. going to say any names because I want to protect me and not protect. You know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I've seen it. I've seen it where I'm thinking, I don't feel the Holy Ghost um presence around around that person yeah and i know the person might be you know uh thinking other things besides the holy ghost right right so but uh it's funny when you were saying you knew uh john 316 like the back of your hand uh the first time i ever known 
John 316 was Stone Cold Steve, Steve Austin. Austin. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're, you probably look at me and it's like, well, you know, you've probably been uh, a religious guy all, all your life. And I'm like, no, it was, um, I was off and on. Yeah. For, for, for years until maybe eight years ago when I finally. Wow. That's crazy. Put, put myself uh, to the Lord. So, yeah. you know, anybody's redeemable. Right. Absolutely. So, but let's get back uh, to you. This is not about me. This is about you. No, no, but I love hearing that. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. So that's cool. Learn, yeah. learn something see, like that. See, I didn't we're, know that. So uh, for all the listeners, we're, we've been friends for over a, a year. year now. Yeah. 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 And when I met, met this young guy he's young i could say young because you know well i'm 30 so i mean like uh, you know well, i don't know what your average age group of listeners is and stuff like that but i mean i'm younger than you so yeah you can still call me young i mean yeah. i don't Sonny. yeah <laughs> hey there, son. hey you know uh, yeah he's the ripe old 30 where i i was 30 <laughs> when i had my last child so yeah oh my goodness. i'm 45 now so right. i'm only 15 years it's, it's you know, it's not huge. It's not like you're 70 or 80, you know? Yeah. I feel like I'm 70, 80 every, every time I get up <laughs> it, uh, and just to let you know, when you get older, you can tell how, how much older you get, but how long it takes you to get out of a chair. I've, I've, I've been told that, but see, they also said when you turn 30, your knees and your back start hurting. And I guess like I got blessed in that endeavor because I actually broke my kneecap when I was 12 and I've crushed one of my vertebrae in my back jumping off of a staircase and landing on my tailbone. And uh, my back and my knees have yet to hurt me and I'm almost 31. So I'm like, man, I must be doing great. So I'm trying to hold in there and like hold on to that. Like, nope, not me. Not today, Satan. So, yeah. You know, boasting, you know, it's not. I you know, know, I know, know, I know. And then, then, then right when I say goodbye to, oh, my knee. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, got, I took an arrow in the knee once. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. but back to your, your childhood. Um, when you went to California, you, you met the, um, the the surfer. The pastor. pastor. Yeah, he was yeah. the pastor. Yeah. I'm just thinking about the dude from, uh, you know, the great Lebowski, how, how he would just talk. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, what's up? Is that how he, how he, he talked? Yeah, he was super chill. I mean, just a very, very... Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But he didn't have, like, this, you know, super uh, Morgan Freeman poetic-styled voice, you know? I mean, it was... But it was very... um, What's the word? Calming? Yeah. His voice was just calm. He just had a calm voice to him and a calm spirit. Um, His name was John. And... Um, and I mean, like I said, he was phenomenal. Probably one of the best pastors I've ever I've ever heard preach. Um, he's not the 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 pastor there in Calvary Chapel Lake Elsinore anymore, but um, and he hasn't been for many years that I, that I know of. But uh, my mom and dad are still pretty good friends with him. Okay. And yeah, so it's it's cool. Um, I think he's I forget what he's doing now. I know he's retired, but um, I'm sure he's out surfing. I I don't know. I think he lives out in the desert though now. Uh, that'd be a little hard to surf. In yeah, the exactly. Although I guess you could always go sandboarding. Yeah. You know, if, if you've got the dunes and stuff like that there, but, um, but yeah, but I mean, he was, um, again, I mean, he was just a very humbled individual. I mean, that was, that was his, his attitude and his personality on everything, um, was just this humble servant of Jesus. I mean, yeah, as amazing, you know, uh, God uses, um, everybody as, as a tool to 
help you understand more about him. Yeah. Um, and it goes with different, you know, when they say different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Uh, you can have three different pastors teach you the same thing. Yeah. But only one of them is going to stick to you. You got, you can have the one that's yelling, you know, fire and brimstone, or you can right. have the one right. that's like, I am a robot or, or you can have the one that's up close and more relatable to you. You're right. going, you're going to fo- you're going to listen to the one that's more relatable, relatable to yeah. you. So, yeah, absolutely. And I had actually, I had a pastor just like, like yours. Uh, he was, a he, he's an ex, uh, drug addict, um, ex junkie, ex, um, biker yeah and it was in grand prairie uh living waters he's still there pastor jenkins and what he would do when he get he'll get everybody fired up he's evangelistic yeah get everybody fired up he'll go over there with his guitar because he he plays guitar and he turns like old blues songs into christian music oh that's awesome so you hear him like wailing on yeah yeah that's sweet and it's just amazing because if you have a talent like that and you have a talent that you can put it towards, uh, the help of the work of the Lord, then, then, uh, you know, it's all commendable. You, you know, yeah, you can, you can, uh, me, I'm just talking on a mic, but uh, apparently people like me. <laughs> I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh, darn it. People was, like me. Yeah. I mean, you know, if the Lord's giving you a platform, you know, yeah. why not use it and he let him elevate it. Yeah. So, but, but it hasn't always been um, like puppy dogs and rainbows in your childhood, right? Well, no. So, like my 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 childhood, in all honesty, man, I grew up and and I I had amazing parents. Um, I have many of my friends to this day who will still call my mom and dad mom and dad um, because my parents were phenomenal people. Um, they, I mean, they really they really were, and uh, they still are. But they. Um, yeah, no, I mean, growing up, uh, childhood-wise, I, I didn't have, like, you know, what a lot of my friends have had, like, childhood traumas of broken families or uh, coming from, you know, damaged areas and parts of life that they drag with them for the rest of their life. Uh, I never I never really had any anything like that. I didn't have any kind of dark times with my parents, per se. Um, I did because of my peers. I was bullied pretty bad. I was a really small guy, and, you know, I... I for lack of better description, I looked malnourished most of my life. You still are small. I know. Okay. But uh, but I, I looked like I was like. I just wanted to make sure that you knew. Yeah, no, I looked like one of those kids that like, you know, for a dollar a day, you can sponsor this child. I mean, like legitimately, that's what I I freaking look like. I'll give you a dollar. Man, he keeps bringing up a dollar. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. give you a dollar. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's it's I was. And so I got I got bullied pretty bad. Um growing up and like my, my feet actually at one point were like three or four times bigger than everybody else's. My, I, for some reason, the only thing that was growing on me was my feet. They were huge. I went through like, I think three or four shoe sizes in like a matter of two months. And my parents both were like, I can't believe that like, wow, we're having to buy you shoes every two or three weeks now. I mean, for real, my feet got, I was like a size seven and I was in uh sixth or seventh grade. So like, and I was, I was literally, I think I was my freshman year in high school, I was four foot 11 and weighed 83 pounds. So you can see what I'm saying. Like that's, that's really, really small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was like one of my leg. The, right. Leg, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Uh, in middle school, 
from sixth to seventh grade, I was five foot six. No, five foot seven. Yeah. In sixth grade. Then seventh grade, I went to six one. Yeah, I, I, so. that's what I'm saying. Like when I was a freshman, I was four eleven, weighed eighty. I think it was eighty five pounds or eighty nine pounds, something like that. I had like no body fat whatsoever. Um, then when I was a sophomore, I was like five one, weighed one hundred and three pounds. My junior year, I'm sorry, sophomore year, I was a hundred and uh, I was one hundred and one pounds. My sophomore year, I was one hundred and seven, and then my senior, year, I was one hundred and eleven. And I was five foot six, so I mean, like that's that I I was I've been small my entire life. You know, I I don't even remember being small. <laughs> uh, my mom told me that I ruined her uh, giving birth. I was ten pounds eight ounces. Good grief, man! So I've I've always been like this huge guy. Yeah, but you know, you said you were bullied as a, as a kid because of your your um yeah because of my size and everything yeah i was bully as well but it it was different because i was uh, a chunky monkey yeah you know and they would bully me the whole time and you're like well you were tall and and all that but um didn't matter it don't matter when when somebody bullies it, it don't really matter right they don't care they're just at the end of the day looking to to find some kind of um Feel some kind of void that they themselves have out of some lack of confidence somewhere else in their life. You know, I know I watched my brother was actually bigger than me. My brother was like I was. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember when I was when I was a freshman. Or I'm sorry, when I was a senior, he was a freshman, and um, he got bullied one time and by this kid that just was like I don't even really, I don't even know how it all started. But I told my brother one day I was like, here's the dude. I was like, I got your back. I was like, don't worry about it. And uh, I told him, I said, um, I was like, here's what we're going to do. I was like, tomorrow, because we were leaving to go home. He used to ride home with me from from school. And uh, I was like, and they got into it out in the parking lot. And I was like, dude, just chill out, chill out, chill out. And I was like, I got you. Just calm down. Like, I'll take care of this. And uh, and keep in mind, I'm the small, like, I'm only 100 and, you know, 105 pounds, 107 pounds, whatever I was as a senior. Um, and uh, I told him, I was like, here's the deal, dude. When we leave... When we come into school tomorrow, I was like, don't say a word. I said, when does that, when does that kid come up and say something to you? And he was like, first thing in the morning, every day he sees me and he says, blah, 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 blah. And I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. I said, you're not going to say a word. And I said, and when you don't, and you don't say anything back to him, I said, he has no choice but not to say anything else to you again. And I said, cause I'm going to step up and say something to him about it. And uh, he was like, okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. And so we're like walking down the hall. And uh, this kid comes out and he's like, hey, Colton, blah, 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 blah. And I mean, just starts like going off. Well, he's with his buddy and they both start laughing and they didn't know that that was my brother. And so I was already off waiting to the side and I come up and I walk up next to him and I said, hey, man, what's so funny? And uh, he was like, well, you know, and I said, no, 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 no. First off, that's my little brother, okay? I said, second off, I'm a senior here, and I'm not afraid to get suspended or expelled from this school. And I said, because I will beat you to a core. I, I'm, I was like, I will beat you down so bad, dude. I said, you don't know who you're messing with. And I said, that's my brother, and as far as I can tell, my brother didn't say a word to you, did he? Well, no. Okay, then if I was you, I'd suggest you keep your mouth shut and don't ever say another word to my brother. And I said, because if you do, I'll bust your head open right here in the school. And I said, and I'll take your buddy right here and do the same thing to him too. I was like, I'm not playing with you guys. I said, my brother, do you, he has not said a word to you. Why are you saying something to him? 
Well, he usually blah, 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 blah. I said, usually and did today are two different things. I said, I wasn't here when he usually did it. And I said, but from what I can tell after how you talked to him yesterday, leaving in the school parking lot, you're the one that started some stuff. And I was like, so I'm going to let you know right now, dude. I said, I got a baseball bat in the back of my truck, and I'm not afraid to use it. Because keep in mind, I'm a small guy. But, dude, when it came down to throwdown, I didn't care who you were. I didn't care how big bad you thought you were. I wasn't scared of nobody. I wasn't scared of nobody. And I was like, I didn't care if I had a bat on me. I didn't care if I just had my hands. I will throw down with you. I don't care how big. Because guess what? If David can make Goliath fall, so can I. That was my mentality. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I was, uh, man, I jumped all over those kids. And if they ever come across this or hear this and they're like, man, I remember that day. Like, you know, thank God I've, you know, I'm a changed man. I'm not that kind of guy anymore. But back then, man, I was like, I was, I was, I was gung ho, like did not care, did not I, I did. I just didn't because, once again, coming from a background of being bullied, only thing I knew was fight or flight. And you know, eventually, when you when you have enough, you have enough. And uh, sometimes you cross a line that you don't want to cross. You know, um, I was the kid that you know. Kind of, uh, uh, there was definitely times in my life where. Uh, you know, you hear kids shooting up schools or bringing a knife to schools and stabbing people, that kind of stuff. I mean, and I was one of those kids that I'm not even going to lie. Those thoughts crossed my mind numerous, on numerous occasions um, because I was bullied by teachers and peers alike. It didn't matter. Like I would have, I would literally had a, I had a teacher one time. I didn't say a word the whole class because I intentionally was like, I'm going to see just if this teacher is trying to like single me out on stuff. And I just kept my head down the whole class, didn't say nothing. And there were some people around me talking. And all of a sudden, they were, she was like, Austin, you need, to, you need to be quiet. I'm not going to tell you again. And I was like, I rose up and was like, I haven't even said a mother effing word this whole class, lady. Like, I was so, dude, I was so mad. And that's when I was like, wow, man. Like, people are just picking on me just to pick on me for no, you know, for no reason. Sure, I mean, I was, a, I, I, my thing was, is I wasn't a troublemaker. I wasn't going to intentionally stir up trouble. But if you tried to pick a fight with me, if you tried to start something with me, my parents were always like, your mouth is going to get you in trouble. Your mouth is going to get you in trouble. And my mouth always got me in trouble because I wasn't going to back down because I wanted you to know I wasn't scared of you. And I wasn't going to just let you run over me or steamroll me. That's not the way that I was. It's not the way that I am. Uh, unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm sure that comes from some somewhere down my bloodline, being that my last name is Wallace. And <laughs> we all know of, you know, the whole Braveheart thing. Um, but uh, so I like to think that I do have some savage blood in me. But thank God, again, that, you know, the part that's part of my testimony is that God has changed me from that man to who I am now and rather fight you in, in the flesh. I'll fight you in the spirit. So, well, well, just to let you know, he when, when I first met him, he kind of looked like um, Kid Rock. So I used to just say, hey, call him. Oh, yeah, because I had Rock. my long hair. Yeah, dude. you had your long yeah, hair. Yeah, I had my long hair. Now, now he looks more like CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the short hair hey, going I'll now I'll and, take that and now that since he said well when i was i'm little but i'm a firework you know yeah cm punk was, is short too. yeah he's the same way yeah 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 so but um you so you had to fight through your your life at in in high school because you had people bullying you you had your teacher bullying you did you feel a little lost from your faith like why is everybody picking on me so or? My eighth grade year in middle school, um, I had just moved from California to, to Georgia. And so, like, there was a huge cultural difference there because when you come from California, I guess a lot of people expect me to be, like, this hoity-toity Hollywood-type kid, and I wasn't that way. 
Um, because keep in mind, like I'm from Texas. And so like, that's just not like, that was never instilled in me to have an attitude like that. Like, Oh, uh, pious, like I'm better than you. And, um, and so like my eighth grade year, that was like crazy bad. And I mean, that's, again, I had teachers that told me like, you'll never amount to anything. Like all you are is a problem. I mean, like, I, I mean, I had like three friends. I can tell you to this day who my three friends were. Um, I, and granted, like I had many acquaintances, but I literally had three friends that whole year. And, um, and so it was just, it was interesting to me because I, you know, uh, coming from like coming from being, uh, being in that, those types of situations to, you know, um, sorry, my train of thought just stopped, uh, being where I was at, like to where, to where I was going, it completely, it just completely changed everything. Um, my, I think, I'm just trying to think back here. Um, sorry, my, my brain is not. I think your train of thought went off the tracks. It did. It literally ran off. Where was I going with all that? Um, I'm I'm just you're holding my hand telling me the story so I, I'm like <laughs> sorry I, man you got me lost man no I got myself lost hold on <laughs> um what was your question again my my brain dude about um bullying uh, about how you had to take care of from the uh, from from your life uh, with teachers and all that and how to, how it um affected did it affect your faith oh yeah 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 yeah. so so yeah so sorry that's exactly where i was going with that so because i was bullied so bad in my eighth grade year um i for three days in the summer of between my eighth grade year going into my freshman year in high school i was like for some reason i was just terrified out of my mind uh that like things were going to be worse things were you know like i i don't know man like there was just this huge dark cloud that loomed over me for a solid three days and so i contemplated suicide for three days um i literally had knives picked out i had them sitting on my counter uh and i was actually on aim at the time which is aol instant messenger and um was instant messaging the one one of the three friends that i had from eighth grade and uh, i'm talking to her and i'm like just weeping dude and I am like sobbing I've got a knife to my throat and everything I mean like I've literally pressed it like got literally have the blade pressed against my throat and all I'm thinking is like I'll just cut my throat and be done with it and there was when I tell you literally was like the darkest presence of my life sitting on top of me just saying do it just do it you're not worth anything you're you're not you know I'm like literally sitting there and I'm like crying out like God if you're real like where are you where are you in all of this like what like you're real right so make yourself known because like I'm ready to end this thing like I feel like I can't continue on and um on the third day man like all of a sudden there's just I I just was like whatever man and I just start I'm just crying and weeping and 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 just trying to you know I'm just I'm just gonna end it I'm just done and I literally took the knife and I went to slide it and all of a sudden there was like this huge, I don't know, man. It was, it was almost like, like the whole, um, uh, the whole snap from, uh, what's his name? I just went blank from That's Thanos. Yeah. From and, Tha- yeah. Thanos. And yeah, Avengers. exactly. From the Avengers. Yeah. Well, I knew the Avengers, but I was like Thanos. So it's like this snap. I mean, literally it was like this snap and everything. 
Yes, literally magic, oh, dude. It was that wasn't even the boy. <laughs> but yeah, that was literally it was like like this whole musical, beautiful ensemble of peace just like overcame. I mean, literally in one. I mean, like somebody just goes, and it was it. And uh, and I literally dropped the knife, and I stopped crying, and I was just like, okay, like. That there's no explanation like that had to have been something from God. Like there's no, no rational chemical in my brain that could have endorphin wise could have been released at that exact moment to say, Hey, no, there's, I've still got more for you. And so this just surmount like this, this mountain of peace just like slams into me. And, um, dude, it just wrecked me. And I just sat there and I was like, from that moment forward, I was like, nobody's ever, ever going to take me out. Like, you're not going to, like, nobody is ever going to steal my peace. Nobody, I'm never going to let anybody steal my peace again. And, uh, and so there was this huge momentum going into my freshman year of, like, I was so nervous of what was to come because of how bad I had been bullied and, um, you know, in middle school and, and, you know, and what was going to come of me that I was just kind of like, man, this sucks. But like at the end of the day, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to let it get me down. I'm not going to let it beat me up. I'm going to fight. Like if that's what it comes down to, and that's where that whole attitude Mm -hmm. and mentality came in was I'm going to freaking fight this time. I'm not going to let people say those things. I'm not going to let people talk down on me because they don't know what I've been through. They don't know what I just dealt with and the things that I've been going through for the last two or three years of my life, you know, from hearing from other people and, 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 um, you know, and, and having things talked about and said about. So I was like, from that point forward, I said, screw it. I'm freaking fighting anybody and everybody. And I don't care how big and how bad you think you are, because if I can overcome that with God, then I can come up, I can overcome anything. So, so yeah. Um, you know, people don't really see, the 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 issue with people bull, being bullied they they don't they can't go into people's minds to see it right and unfortunately you know uh a lot of the people don't don't have that uh awakening like you did yeah and unfortunately they either self-harm right or they harm somebody else right and it's 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 an ongoing struggle struggle yeah constant dude constant it 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 hurts my heart because i've seen people the the nicest kindest people that you can ever meet yeah and they they get beaten down to a point where they just they give up yeah and then you start seeing them uh doing drugs uh drinking excessively uh i had a good friend of mine um he wasn't uh, an alcoholic but he he never wanted to touch the stuff through high school and all that yeah but life really beat him down to a point where he couldn't get up without having a beer yeah he, he couldn't go to sleep without drinking couldn't function yeah work. he was a functioning alcoholic yeah and i've and, known people and like i've this. seen it um but let's hold on to that i'm gonna pause for a uh sponsor real fast okay sounds good all right we'll be right back You ever wonder why a guy would promote a woman's clothing called Confidence Shop? Because Debonair Gentleman isn't here yet. But if you're a lady, and I know you're a lady, and you want to look like a million dollars, 
please come and see the nice ladies at Confidence Shop. Tell them Johnny sent you. And Trudy will find that right look to make anybody's head turn around. They are located in Waxahachie, but they have a Facebook page called Confidence Shop. Thanks, Confidence Shop, for giving my wife a reason to make her closet overflow with great clothes. And we're back. Um, we're back. We're, we're talking with Austin Wallace, uh, his life as a rock and roll legend yeah. in his mind, in his mind is a rock and roll legend. There you go. Um, through the time of being a bully, you had, um, an issue. Did you have an issue of drinking or, or paraphernalia? No. So I never, I never got into drugs. I never got into alcohol. Uh, women were my thing. Um, now that didn't actually become till like much much later. I was, I was 16 when I lost my virginity. Um, uh, kids, so we don't, um, uh, we don't condone, condone that. Yeah. No, yes. believe me. If I could go back and tell younger me like, Hey dude, just wait, like save it for marriage. I would absolutely have done that. That's the only different thing about my life. I think I would have ever like gone back and, and done. Um, because women became my, my fascination and my captivation, um, became your idol. I don't know if it necessarily say idle, but it was like, it was a driving force behind just wanting to, um, you know, it was always a challenge. It was a, it was a game to me. It was a, you know, I want to see who I can pull. I want to see how, how well I can do this. You know, the gift of gab was my thing. I wanted to see how well my, my, you know, my talk, my smooth talk could, you know, how far it could get me. Um, so that was, that was kind of my thing. So never, Never during being bullied did I ever, you know, sleeping around with women was never my, you know, was never my thing. I think it was just that just kind of happened in my life. And that became my, um, that became my crutch. You know, that became my thing to want to find peace and satisfaction out of. And, um, you know, trying to fill that, you know, that, that comfort, um, because there's something comforting in having somebody that desire that somebody wants you. Um, and I think that's for most, most women. I know that for a fact, most, most women are, you know, if they can find that satisfaction in being wanted. Um, and for a lot of guys, that's the same way. And that's definitely how I was too. Cause I'm, I'm much more of a, um, um, an emotional type guy than I am kind of physical. Uh, and so the, the sex was more of an emotional thing for me. It was this, there's this connection and you want me and I want you and we're connecting on that level, which is a spiritual thing. And so, um, you know, looking back, I, I, like I said, I wish I would have told myself just, you know, dude, control it. Don't, you know, don't do that. Don't, you know, do whatever you got to do to not put yourself in those situations. Um, because it, it made me, you know, it made me grow up and, uh, distort, not distort the way that I viewed women. Cause I never really viewed women as an object or anything like that, but it just made me have a desire to want to, you know, try and see what I can do, uh, try and see what I can say to see how far I can get with, you know, with that. Like I said, it was like a game, you know, and winning the girl was winning the prize. Um, so that was always, that was always kind of my biggest, my biggest struggle. Um, and then I got married and, you know, that, that pretty much stopped. Uh, I know you say pretty much, well, you know, it should have just stopped completely, but that's a very hard thing to do when you go from being a single bachelor guy to, um, 
you know, getting married and thinking that that's going to solve the problem. And when in reality, it's like that doesn't necessarily solve the problem because when you've been so acclimated to, well, I got this girl this month and then now I'm on to the next one, I'm on to the next one, I'm on to the next one, I'm on it, you know, whatever. Then it's this constant uh, change of scenery, if you will, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, um, it, you get bored. Um, you, you start doing this, you start getting a tendency of being bored yeah. with that person. Yeah. And so you skip to another person because it's the excitement uh, of the learning first, somebody the new first day, and experiencing yeah. somebody new. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it became. It, it was, a, it was, it was like a drug. It was a high. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the more you got it, uh, the more you wanted more and, you know, I keep saying more and more and more. Right, but uh, I mean that's that's the true. But you start yeah. becoming numb too to that because, um, when is enough enough? Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of like how it was for me because I was like, you know what? If I just get married, like you know, if I find somebody that loves me and I love them, like genuinely, we love each other, we connect on that. So that was the one thing that I strove, like I, I strove, I, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was trying to. I was stri striding, striding to yeah, stri striving. Yeah, I was, I, yes. Anyways, the one thing that I I said that I was going to go into my the next person that I dated, uh, I had the intentionality of I was going to date to marry, and um, and so luckily we were actually f she was living in Georgia at the time, and I was still in t still here in Texas, and so we actually had to date long distance for our first three months. Yeah. So that really kind of uh dug the nail into the coffin to say because it was like there's no uh there's no physical intimacy happening within that first month two three months because other than her me flying her out here to come see me and you know getting to kiss her and that kind of thing but other than that it was like no I don't want to put myself in any positions where we compromise you know what we're striving for and that was for marriage so uh, but then, like I said, once I got married, there was still those, those, I've had my moments where I've had my flaw and, you know, and fallen kind of victim into, uh, saying something or, you know, flirting with somebody and my wife's called me out on it and thank God she has, I'm glad that she has. Cause I remember when you flirted with me and she called you out. On oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. it'd be like that yeah. from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I've also had, I had long distance relationships. I had, uh, two of them. Yeah. Uh, where one of them lived in five States away. Um, it was hard right? because, because in a relationship you crave, uh, and, and it's not sex. No, it's just it, the intimacy. It, the, it, the, yeah. It's the, yeah. it's, it's actually being physically yeah. in the same room with that person. Right. Or knowing that you can see that person at any time. Right. Exactly. Uh, so it, it started becoming a issue. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, but you also, if you're, if you're in a long dis distance relationship, you don't really know that person. Yeah. Well, like, and again, you, you don't get to see how they act and respond in certain situations. Cause you're not there to see it firsthand. Um, but what's funny is, is a lot of the girls that I dated, we actually dated long distance. And I say long distance, it was like an hour, maybe two hours away. And a lot of my friends were like, why do you, you know, why do you do that? And I don't know. I just always had a knack for picking out girls that lived further away from me, I guess. And to me, an hour wasn't that long. Um, 
So I was used to driving an hour everywhere. And so I think for me, it was just like, you know, I'm being long distance. It was something that I wasn't unfamiliar with. And maybe that was like God's way of preparing me for that because he knew that my wife was going to be 12, 14 hours away from me uh, in a car versus, you know, like if, if that, if I wouldn't have had all the long, long distance relationships I had, there's a very good possibility that it would have never worked because I would have never been used to that. You know, I would have never been like, Oh, I'll give this a shot. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, well, on one of the long distance, I decided to move all the way to Florida. Yeah. So I picked up, loaded everything in my, my little Chevy, drove all the way to Florida, spent like a half a year there. Yeah. Finally figured out who that person was and it wasn't a person for me. So yeah. I had to put my tail between my legs and head back to Texas. Well, I'm so I'm glad that unfortunately <laughs> didn't, you know, I'm glad that didn't happen to me. I'm glad it happened to you yeah, and not I'm glad me. Yeah, it happened to you and not me. Um I I I guess that sounds so horrible, but um but you know, it's a, like a learning thing though either way regardless, you know, and that's the that's the thing like luckily one of the girls that I thought I was supposed to marry, it didn't work out and and I'm so thankful that it didn't work out because I there's no telling the type of person I would be or where I'd be, I can guarantee we'd probably wouldn't be married still. Sort of like um, that Garth Brooks song unanswered prayers you know yeah thank, yeah thank god yeah. for unanswered prayers yeah exactly because dude there was yeah i mean and looking back like i i look back at a lot of the relationships that i was in and like i do kind of have this not remorse but like i feel bad for some of the girls because i i mean i like i really played a lot of the girls that like i dated and you know i i like i said i had the gift of gab and so like i i always sweet talked my way into just about everything and anything and, you know, looking back, like, I really hurt a lot of, a lot of girls that, like, I, I, I had as friends before we even did anything. Like, before we were ever even intimate in any kind of way, shape, fashion, or form. I mean, we were just all, like, I had friends that I was just strictly platonically friends with. And I'm, like, you know, I look back and I'm, like, man, I really, I dropped the ball as not only, a, like, a Christian, but as, like, a guy, like, a decent guy in general. Because that was one thing I always prided myself on was not being like the rest of the guys. And, of course, every guy yeah, that's yeah. a con, you know, is like, I'm not like the rest of them. That used know? to be my, 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 my pickup line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was my pickup line. Yeah, exactly. Then. So that was like that was always my thing, and um, but I always like I tried to to live a, a way that would prove that to them. I'd be like I would always tell them like you don't have to listen to me. Just just watch the way that I treat you. Watch what I do. And genuinely, like at at the core, I did care and I did want to to provide that like um uh you know that that showing you that like I'm not, but the alter the ulterior motives always would come into play on the back end because I'm a guy and I'm wired to think physically about things. And, um, and so it, like I said, it just, it sucks. Cause I've, I've lost a couple of really, really good girlfriends that were strict. Like I said, we're just strictly platonic friends. Um, and so it, that kind of, that kind of sucks. Cause I, I like, there's days where I'm like, man, I just wonder what, you know, what so-and-so is up to. Yeah. And you know, like, cause it, just because I would like to know, because I, I mean, I was friends with them for years, you know. Yeah, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. You know, when you when you're looking back, you you you're like, wow, I could have done this, I, I could have yeah. done that, but you know, God doesn't want you to live to live in the past. Uh, right. Forever exactly. Because if you if you live in the past, you'll never 
you'll never appreciate what you have. Yeah, and what he's doing right now. now yeah, you know. And yeah. So, so with uh, with you uh, having a relationship, long long distance relationship, you end up marrying her. Yeah. Um. So was this a? Because you had a bond with your brother. Right. Y'all, yeah. Yeah. Y'all, yeah, y'all yeah. were a, a big. Y'all had a big bond because you know you stood up for him on your on your senior year, right? Yeah, my senior, senior year in high school. Yeah. So you had a, a huge bond together. So we, it's kind of funny. So growing up, we were always semi close, um, and as we got older, we kind of got further apart because I was doing things that he couldn't necessarily go do. You know, I'm 16, 18 years old going to the clubs, and he's wanting to go to the clubs. He was only 18 months younger than me. But, you know, he's like, well, I want to do the things that you do, you know. And um, and so, like, there was always this, you know, this uh, – he wanted to be, like, the older brother. You know, he wanted to be like me. And uh, he admired a lot of the stuff that I got to do. He always admired, like, he was, like, always jealous of, you've always got the friends, and you're the popular guy, and everybody loves you, and everybody wants to be around you, you know? And, uh, but the thing was, is we are both two different types of people. I'm a very optimistic type of person. My brother was very pessimistic, um, for the most part. And as he got older, I think he kind of started gearing more towards the optimistic side of things. But like, there would be times where I would try to encourage him and I'd be like, stop doing X, Y, Z because you're, you're, you just look stupid doing it. Like, don't, there's no sense in like, why continue down the same path you've already been down when you know that doesn't work, you know? Ah, uh, that's the definition of insanity. Yeah. So you know, it, it's like you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And so, like, I would try to encourage him in things, and he would just only find like the negative thing that I said, and be like, "Dude, I wasn't even being negative. You know, I'm just telling you, like, stop being stupid." And he'd be like, "Why are you calling me stupid?" And I'm like, "I didn't even say you were stupid. I said stop being stupid." So he was a very, um, he was uh, on his defense. Yeah, he was time. always on he, the defense, yeah. and he always felt like I guess like people were Defensive, coming at yeah what. from a from a place of attack or something. I don't know. So I was always very as he got older, I was always like kind of walking on eggshells because I never wanted to make my brother upset because this is my little brother and I love him, and uh, never wanted to like you know really have him get you know let down or you know uh, or have you know I, I just didn't want anything like that to come between us because I'm like that's my only sibling and once my family passes away once my mom and dad are gone it's like that's it I don't I mean if you don't have a sibling it's a you know if you never had a sibling then you wouldn't know what it was like to have a sibling to begin with you know mm-hmm. but it's like to have a sibling and wonder you know what things would be like if you know, if that sibling's not there, it's a whole, you know, it's this whole shift in the mentality because it's like, you don't, you know, you don't have that. And when you don't have that, it's, it's a, um, it's a very, just a weird situation. Cause it's like, you don't really know how to feel about that situation. So it was always like in the back of my mind, like I never wanted to do anything to drive a wedge between me and my brother because I loved my brother. And because again, that's the only sibling I had. And, it would be horrible to lose your family, but like, I don't want to lose my brother knowing that I don't have anybody else to talk to and share memories with about mom and dad growing up and, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. um, so he, he was going down, a like a, a downward spiral, right? He, he had his demons he was fighting. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he had been like, his whole life was always, was always some kind of just craziness. Um, but yeah, he was at 
when when he passed away, he passed away at 24. Uh, and excuse me, I had to excuse me, man. Sorry, I'm over here trying not to burp in the mic. Um, but he <laughs> he uh, he passed away at 24, and um, the um, I think it was a month before he passed or six weeks before he passed. He was actually in a car wreck and. The car wreck was evidently so bad that when the paramedics got there, they were like, how did you even get out of the car? And how are you not just, like, how are you alive, basically? Yeah. Um, because I think he had, like, a concussion and, like, some scrapes on his head, uh, you know, some bruises and stuff like that. But other than that, he wasn't really, you know, I mean, he was banged up, but he wasn't, you know, mutilated or just completely, you know, just done. Uh, and so he... Uh, yeah, he went through, he, he he had that happen, and then I think it was like two weeks later, or a month later, he's out driving my mom's car, and him and his girlfriend had got into a fight, and he like rolls my, he rolls my mom's car, and uh, it rolled like six times before it stopped upside down, and uh, Sledgehammer lands up in the driver's seat, and so he grabs a sledgehammer, he says he's laying there, and he looks up, and he sees sparks shooting out of the hood, and he was like, I know that's not a good sign. I need to get out of here. And he grabs a sledgehammer and busts this window out and crawls like 20 yards away. And then uh, and then the car just explodes. I mean, just like there's nothing left. Um, my mom sent me the pictures, and we were just like, that's in like insane, dude. If he would have been in there, the, he would have been dead. There's no, no questions asked. So uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the same paramedics that were at the first accident pulled up the the same firefighter one of the same firefighters that was at the first scene pulls up to the second scene and sees my brother and he's like I, I literally looks I was like just speechless and he's like I I don't even know what to say right now like you're invincible like I, I like you literally have something on your life because that this t- twice in such a short period of time like that's the odds that's impossible right um so that happens, and then uh, fast forward to I think it's like two weeks later, and he uh, he had been drinking and got into he had he was actually on like I think it was Adderall. Um, he had like bipolar disorder and ADHD, and um, I forget what it's like borderline schizophrenia or something like that. And so he had a bunch of he had a bunch of like mental issues, but my brother I think partially I, I attest that to because my brother was a freaking genius. Um, he was a very, very intelligent human. And if he put his mind to anything like good luck stopping him, cause you're not. And, um, uh, so he, um, uh, he, 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 the night that he actually died, he what before that, prior to that, he was mixing his pills with, with alcohol. And of course that gets you high and, you know, gets you all over the place and whatnot. Again, children do not do this. Yeah, no, don't, don't do it. It's horrible. Um, and so that night, he actually dumped out his pills, like dumped his pills on the toilet and was like, I don't care. Like, I'm not taking this crap anymore. I'm changing my life. I'm done with this. And leaves our house. And we don't really know exactly what happened or how it happened. It had been raining really bad. He, was, he left the house to go get cigarettes. And um, my, mom, or my, my dad and his girlfriend had hid his keys. Well, he found his keys. And uh, he left. And when he left, somehow he was doing around 70 miles an hour and flew across. He hit a ravine and flew across the street. Like there's no tire tread marks on the street at all that show any signs of him slowing down. So he clears a tire 
an entire road um, and uh, is right off of 287. And um, he clears it, he clears a, a whole section of the road and slams into a tree. And for 40 minutes, he was in and out of consciousness. The only reason we know that is because uh, there was a the guy that actually called the ambulance, he didn't go check on him um, because it was thunderstorming so bad, but he said he could see a light on inside the car and he could see somebody kind of moving around. And so uh, so the paramedics, they showed up, and like like I said, like 40 minutes later, which is astronomical, long time to wait. And uh, they pull him up, they take him to the hospital, they put him on the operating table, and he's dead. Uh, they said he fought the whole way to the hospital. Like They were like, he was like, I am not dying tonight. And, um, and then once they got him on the operating table, that was, that was it. So, um, so again, it was, you know, it was a very, um, interesting situation. Cause at one point he was like, I just feel like I'm invincible. I mean, when you have, you know, when you die, cheat death twice in such a short period of time, you know, like I'm, I'm basically invincible. Um, but we were always afraid that he was going to like commit suicide or something just cause he struggled so bad with you know, with his mental issues. And, um, he was actually getting ready to go to court in July and that happened in May. So, uh, I think it was, I think it was July. It was June or July. He was actually getting ready to court. He was getting ready to go to court, um, for possession of marijuana because my brother would smoke pot instead of doing Adderall. Um, because he was like, I can control that. Like I, it literally helps me control my ability to think I'm, you know, it, it chills me out. It calms me down. And, you know, he's like, and I'm not just smoking pot to get high. Like, I'm, I'm smoking pot because it's literally helping me change my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was this, it was this, always this fear that we were afraid if he went to, if he went to, to his court hearing that he was never actually going to go to jail because we were afraid he was going to, he was probably just going to go home and shoot himself. Um, because he, he wouldn't, he, that was always his thing was, you're not going to take me. Like if I'm not going on my terms, I'm, it's not happening. Um, and so we said that it's a bittersweet thing because we think that the Lord went ahead and took him the way that he did because he didn't want Satan having any kind of glory because if my brother would have shot himself, it would have been a whole different, a whole different ball game. Um, and the, the, the story and the mentality and everything there, we think that, and that's what I told my parents anyways. I said, I think that that's one of the reasons. So it's kind of given me some peace about the situation because it's like, you know, if, if things would have gone differently, I, th- I feel like it would have been a much darker, heavier thing for me uh, to process that, man, why did you do this? Like, you know, people loved you. You had so many friends that loved you. Um, you know, you, you know, you, I mean, you saw so many things. You saw things differently than anybody else ever has. And you were such a bright mind, you know. Um, and I think that would have overshadowed a lot of that if he would have taken his own life. Yeah. So, Well, you know, they say it's a thin line between intelligence and insanity. You yeah. Because, you, um, you know, this is a little off, off topic, but Albert Einstein, when he used to date, mm-hmm. sometimes he, he'll be thinking the whole time he'll go to the person's house and forget to put pants on. Wow. Yeah, I'm a fountain of knowledge. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. So, but, yeah, so you said you took it a lot lighter, but it, it was still a big blow to you. Because oh, yeah, Because that dude. was your brother. That was yeah. your connection, you know, your blood. Yeah. And that, what was it, about five years ago? 
Uh, so it was 2000, what was that, 17? Yeah, it was 2017 because me and my wife, we were actually, we got married in 2016 and then we were, we were living in, in Atlanta and then, uh, we moved to Florida and we had only been in Florida for like, I think three months, three or four months before, uh, my dad called me and was like, Hey, your brother, you know, your brother died this morning in a car wreck. And, um, uh, so yeah, it was 2017 is when that happened. So we're what, 2022. So yeah, almost yeah. coming up on five years, which is crazy. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. It feels like it's been like a year or two. Yeah. I was just thinking cause of age wise. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, um, it's sad when, 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 uh, a loved one passes away. Um, but you know, if he, he was with his faith, you know, you know, you're going to see him again. Yeah, exactly. You know? Well, that was the thing that like before he passed, he literally gave his life to Jesus. And so, um, and like, I, I forget, he had a conversation with my mom or something like that and started reading the Bible and like everything. So it was, there's no doubt in my mind that my brother's in heaven. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that my brother's in heaven. And I'm stoked for the day that I get to see him and just give him a freaking hug and, you know, be like, show me around. Yeah. Like, Let's go freaking party. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it's, it's, um, a thing of life. A, a lot of people have to go through, you know, I, I lost, um, both of my grandparents like a year apart. Oh, wow. And, you know, one's from a heart attack and one's from head trauma because she fell and hit her head. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it shifted her brain. But I was thinking, you know, I was, because I was thinking the lighter side, the light, yeah. because my grandmother couldn't, um, couldn't live without my grandfather. They, they were like, inseparable. Yeah. Like, like in Forrest Guns, they were like pies and carrots. Yeah. Pies and carrots. Um, <laughs> So it it was just God was saying, you know what? I'm not going to keep y'all away from each other. That's uh, cool. Other than, other than that, um, when when this happened, you you moved back here after it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we moved back here because um, I just felt like you know I I love Florida. My wife is from Florida. Um, part of us wants to move back to Florida. Um, but uh, we moved back here because I said, you know what? We just really need to go be with my family during this time because, I mean, that's the only people that I have left now is my mom and dad. And, you know, and so my biggest thing was is, like, life literally can go just that quick. So I want to be able to spend as much time with them as possible um, because now I'm their only son. You know, so it's like either I come here or they come to me and I'm, I'm, to me, I was just like, it just made more sense to go be with them for the time being. Uh, cause we were actually, we came out here. I think we were here for, I think we were here for like a couple, I think a week or two. And, uh, we were trying to decide if we were going to stay here or if we were going to go back to Florida. And then we went back to Florida and started talking to, um, you know, to some of my, like one of my bosses and stuff like that. And, um, you know, talking to some people from the church that we are part of out there. And so there was just this, you know, this nice little, you know, this little community of people that were like, we really think that, you know, that's probably the best place for you. It sucks to see you go. Um, but you know, I feel like, you know, wisdom, wisdom for multiple different people is kind of a, a beautiful thing. 
and to be able to heed that wisdom and say, yeah, I think you're right. Um, it sucked because, like I said, we didn't want to leave Florida at all. We were we were loving every minute of being there. And, um, you know, and uh, so, yeah, so it was, you know, coming back was it was a bittersweet thing because, again, didn't want to leave Florida. But here we are with my my family. And now we've been out here since since he passed. Um, so we've been out here and just been living life and you know, enjoying, enjoying the company that we get to spend with my family. And it's great. Cause like my mom and dad love my wife and vice versa. She loves them. So she's, you know, she, she enjoys being around my mom and being around my dad and, um, all of us going on family trips and stuff like that. So it's, it's really, really nice. It's, I mean, it's, it's definitely played out very well, uh, to be able to, to have that life and do life with them. And we're still hoping at some point we'll either move to Tennessee cause that's where her, my wife's brother lives. Uh, or, you know, and her, and her parents are talking about moving to Tennessee cause that's where her brother lives. And so, um, so I don't know, she wants to move, my wife wants to move to Tennessee. So I don't know, but then she's got other family that's in Florida. So again, it's yeah. this whole, like, where do we want to go type thing? And, you know, so we're just kind of, we're just kind of like, whatever, we'll just wait on the Lord. And if he says go to Tennessee, we'll go to Tennessee. If he says go to Florida, we'll go to Florida. If he says stay in Texas, we'll stay in Texas. I mean, whatever it is, at the end of the day, whatever God wants us to do is all we want to do. We're like, you know, just send us wherever you want us to go. I mean, he may pack up and say, you know, hey, take your stuff and go to Italy or go to Greece or, you know, and I would love that too. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. No, you, you have to go to the Philippines. I'm I sorry. Dude, I would God love to tell go to you Philippines. to go. Go to go to Sabu. Yeah. Go to Sabu. You have Dude, to go send, to Sabu. Send me to some of the poorest countries. I would I would still make the best out of it and absolutely love it. Um, me, my wife and I we love to we love to travel and we love to go experience new cultures and meet all different types of people and you know all that. So I'm all game for whatever they wanted to do. <laughs> if the Lord, I'm serious. If the Lord was like, go to Africa and go to zimbabwe right or kenya or you know go to some country that wakanda. i don't know what country yeah wakanda, wakanda there you go <laughs> i don't know what i don't know what like the poor the poorest countries are over there ethiopia maybe i, I don't yeah. know um you know but if he was to send us like to sudan or something and it was like go live there like okay we'll just trust you and we'll know that you're going to provide and you know maybe war you know, a country filled with war and we may be running from people or we may be shooting back i don't know you know but Wherever we need to go, just just as long as you don't get the blood diamond. Yeah, don't, there don't you go. get the blood diamond. You'd be all right. You'd be all right. <laughs> and don't get on boats because there's pirates over there. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. Uh, but you have you have an awesome family. You have a wife and two children. Yep. Uh, beautiful family. You have a beautiful family. Thanks, man. Um, she is a very talented photographer. Yes. Uh, she took a picture of me and my wife for yeah. Christmas. Yeah. And my wife just loves the pictures. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, I could put her um, her website on. on yeah, this absolutely. Thing, so. Yeah, if you want to put it like her, you know, I think her Facebook page or whatever. Um, I'll send you the links and all that kind of stuff, and that way, if you want to yeah. share and, those. Out. And she also does uh, like a picnic. Yeah, kind they of do. Thing. Yeah, yeah, posh picnics, luxury picnics, yeah. where they sell um, picnics for you. We had the little meat tray. Yeah, the charcuterie board. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and if I would say it, it would sound like a cuss word, and then I had to bleep me out. So, but, uh, but we we That's got good. one. We got one because we spent the New Year's in downtown Dallas, so we got we we got yeah. the board. Um, and then she's like, 
oh look it came with boards and and your wife says do you know do you have the boards or well i didn't know we were supposed to give them back <laughs> and, then, and so she's scrubbing them <laughs> Here, here you go oh my <laughs> gosh that's <laughs> yes well uh, we need that back yeah here's your deposit <laughs> yeah yeah there you go <laughs> 50 dollar deposit <laughs> yeah something yeah no i didn't know that that's funny but um uh, you know you have a, a great family you're a talented person you're a rapper yeah a rocker yeah you just do everything um try try, try to do everything yeah, but but you have that persona, you have that presence that people just want to be like, you know, like you said, when you were, when you were younger, you had that, that gift of gab and you yeah. had that thing. But, uh, if you ever thought maybe God was fine tuning you to doing what you're doing now. So, yeah. So, um, 2013 is the year that I really got to discover who God was in a way that, uh, I never imagined possible, uh, because that was the year that, um, for me, when I used to, like I said, prior and part of the testimony of, you know, seeing people dance and jump up and down and hoop and holler and do the whole nine, uh, 2013, dude, I, I actually got to experience the Holy Spirit in a way that most probably never will or never thought was like a legit thing. So they've never been open to that. Um, and I got a crash course. Like I got a serious crash course. Me and this girl that I was dating at the time, um, that I, this is one of the girls that I'm still actually really good friends with. And um, she, she's friends. Your with, friends yeah. and, and married and you have an ex-girlfriend. No, so, so check this out. It's cool because my wife is actually really good friends with her too. So she's met her and everything. And she's like, you're the whole reason that Austin became half the person that he became, you know. And so it's like this really cool, you know, situation. Um, but uh, I say that to say, like, we were coming back from uh, Galveston. I was down there in Galveston with this girl's family. And um, we got into this big old fight. Dude, honestly, I don't even remember what it was about. I think it was something about, like, I was really, I really liked her. And I really wanted to marry her or be with her. And she didn't want to be with me. I don't remember. It was something, I think it was something along those lines. And we were literally on I-45 headed to this house church in Frisco, Texas. And I was like, pull the car over. I'm going to get out right here on the highway. And she was like, no, you're not. You're going to this house church with me. And I was like, I am not going to no blankety blank house church with you. I mean, I was mad, dude. I was like, you are not forcing me to go somewhere. I don't want to go. I was like, literally kept trying to open the door and she would lock it and I would open it and she would lock it. I mean, like, so I was, I was like, I'm jump out of this car while it's moving down the road. You're doing 70, 80 miles an hour. I did not want to go to this house church. And, um, fast forward. Yeah, I could see you like a little little tiny infant. I don't want to go. So I was I oh, I was I was I was fighting hardcore. Fast forward, we pull up and I walk in this house church and I thought this was like a cult. I was like you, I just walked in and I was like, "Oh, this does not feel right. Like something's off at this place. Like what is going on?" Well, what was going on is that my spirit was stirring and my spirit was like like, why are you here? Like you, this is not something that you're, you know, like you don't need to be here. You need to leave. Like there was literally like this, this, this thing. And when I get to it, I'll be able to explain it. But there was this, uh, presence that was literally like, leave, get out, go. You don't need to be here. You need to leave. And, um, and so I went to like, we walk in and I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I go to the bathroom and I turn around to walk and they had already locked the door. And there was a TV in front of the door. 
So I'm like, what is going on here, dude? I'm like, this is a cult and I'm going to die. Or I'm going to have to sip some Kool-Aid and be tripping, you know, tripping acid or something here. I don't know what's going on. I was like, this is freaking me out. So uh, long story short, dude, I got to go through this process of what's called deliverance and uh, found out just how real the Holy Spirit is and just how okay it is to jump up and down (laughs) and worship God uh, because I had never experienced that. And um, uh, we're literally like standing there and the, the, the pastor, um, he, he like is just, he's talking and uh, he said something, and when he said something, all I remember doing is lunging towards his throat. And keep in mind, like, I grew up a Christian guy, so, like, you know, I never didn't know what all this what all this stuff was. Uh, and so I lunged towards this pastor and go to try and grab him, and I've got five guys that grabbed me. And they literally are holding me. They're, like, holding me back from grabbing this pastor. And he's like preaching and he's like, in the name of Jesus, come out of him, come out of him, you know? And, uh, and I'm like, shut up, shut up, which here I am in my own head. And I'm like, why am I telling this man to shut up? Like why? Like everything in me, this doesn't make sense. Why am I yelling at this man to shut up? He's like telling me like, come out of him, like, you know, in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling him, you know, F Jesus and all this. And I'm like, dude, I was raised in the church. Like this doesn't make any sense to me. And but there was something going on inside of me that I couldn't, I couldn't stop it. Like I just could, I was like, literally my, my jaw had, uh, I guess contorted and I'm literally yelling at this man. I'm trying to claw and grab at this man. And, um, and I literally had five guys on me. Now keep in mind, this is 2013. I graduated in 2009. So I wasn't a much bigger person than I, than I, than I was. And, uh, so I was, I think I was 120 pounds in 2013. I'm 145 now. And, uh, so that's a hundred and that's 2022. So nine years later. Um, so here I am, I'm 120 pounds. I've got five guys on me. When I say I have five guys on me, I literally have my arms straight out and I'm standing with my legs spread apart and they are on top of me trying to break me down. I've got one guy that is a special forces. He's from South Africa and he's trained special forces in South Africa. That's what, that's what his resume was. So he's like one of the baddest dudes probably on the face of the planet. And he's putting pressure points on me and he's putting chokeholds and he's putting arm bars and everything, uh, leg locks. And he could not get me to break. It's the craziest thing. He could not, he'll tell you, he'll be like, I was baffled because he was like that demon. And that's exactly what it was. That was, that had a, that had a part of me was not wanting to go, was not wanting to give up. So I'm standing there holding these guys in the air. I mean, like I said, I've got my arms stretched out and they're pushing on me, trying to break me down, trying to get me down. And the pastor, he's like, you will bow at the feet of Jesus. And I'm like, I will do no such thing. And which again, I'm like, why am I yelling this? Like this doesn't make sense. And, um, and so eventually they just keep working on me and they're praying over me and they're, you know, just, they're just calling out for, for the Lord to like really just radically change me. And next thing I know, I'm flat down on the ground and I'm pinned down and I am just weeping and I am weeping, dude. And I am just, I am crying. And, um, and instantly in that moment, man, like I, 
I was completely changed. I was completely wrecked because everything that I had ever known about Jesus was inside of church walls, was uh, this secluded little box of who God is and what God is capable of. And, oh, yeah, God answers your prayers. And, oh, yeah, he still does miracles. And, oh, yeah, he, he's able to, uh, to, to heal the blind, you know, and all these kinds of things. But only if it's, you know, only if it's done with inside the church walls. And so here I am at a place that, is completely unfamiliar. I've never met a single one of these people. I don't know who these people are. And they start calling things out of me like this. And I literally watch my life change before my very eyes. And, um, the guy, the pastor looks at me after all that gets done. And I'm like, he, you know, like I'm able to finally kind of recover from the craziness that I just in, I just ensued. Um, and, uh, he was like, that thing's been with you since you were three years old. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. He's like, that demon had been with you since you were three years old. That's what the Lord revealed to me. He was like, and if you wouldn't have got saved at such a young age, he said, you probably would have turned out to be a completely different person. Um, and so uh, at, at three, dude, like my parents said that I, I became violent at three years old for no reason. I'd just be sitting there and out of nowhere just start like punching stuff and kicking stuff and throwing things for, for no reason, like nothing. They wouldn't trigger nothing. I wouldn't trigger nothing. I just grab something and chuck it across the room. I'd get up and walk over and, and kick my toys. I'd punch the walls. I mean, like at three years old, dude, like you're three. Why you did, you woke up and chose violence today for what reason? You know, you're three, you know? And, um, and so when I went home and told my mom that, and she was like, he said, what? And I was like, yeah, he told me I was, when I was three years old, I had this demon that had uh, began to oppress me and, um, and had been with me up until the point I got delivered. And that demon was a demon of anger, hatred, and uh, uh, violence. And uh, what was the other one? There was, um, and uh, I don't, I think it was murder. And so those are some pretty, pretty heavy um, pronouns, I guess, is the word we'll go with because it's 2022. Some adjectives. Yeah. 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 Some adjectives. Uh, but um, so that was some pretty heavy stuff to to hear that. And, and it was always weird to me because as a kid, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in a great family. Um, but I remember being on car rides and thinking about different ways that I could murder people and get away with it. I'm like eight, nine years old. I remember those things. Like to this day, I remember researching at 11, 12 years old how to murder somebody and get away with it, how to dismantle certain parts of the body and do certain things so that there's no traces to be found of that person. There's no way to identify the body. So like there was, I, went, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like I was, nobody knew those things about me and and I never shared those things with people because I'm like, why do I think these thoughts? I'm 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. Like, I remember these thoughts. I remember being in California thinking. I remember being in Texas driving down the road going somewhere and thinking these things. And, and thinking what it was like. You know, I told my wife the other day that I used to think, I used to wonder what it would be like to just choke somebody and watch the life drain out of them. I mean, that's that's... That's messed up, dude. Like, I don't care how big and bad and scary you think you are. Like, when you're having thoughts like that and you're a kid, that's that's just like, and, and what do you do with that when you're a kid? You think, oh, it's my imagination. But I don't know much kids that at eight, nine years old think about, like, 
watching somebody die, you know, like wanting to kill somebody. It's like a messed up Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think Hobbes Hobbes did that um, in in the comic books. It, it might be in, in, in the earlier issues, <laughs> the earlier in the uh, adult the adult the adult versions, <laughs> the fan fiction. Yeah, the fan fiction. Yeah, so 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 yeah. So I just like I said, man, that and that really changed the tra- trajectory of my life. And that was from that moment forward. I was like, you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks about me i don't care what anybody thinks about the way that i worship so from this point forward every gifting that god has given me i'm going to take and use for his glory and i'm going to take and freaking run with it and i'm going to use it and i'm going to promote it and i don't care how stupid how ridiculous how crazy people may think that i am Mm -hmm. because that's how stupid and how crazy and how incredible god's love is for us amen Amen. So. That's true. Um, you know, it is a little past the hour. I know. I'm sorry. See, we're like we're talking in overtime. Yeah. You know, we're just good friends here. We're just having a conversation. I'm learning a little bit more about my brother in Christ here. Yeah. He learned a little bit more about me. You know, we I think we bonded over. Oh yeah, absolutely. This has been over, fantastic. So, uh, what I like to do is I like to have my guest pray us out. Okay. Cool. But uh, before before I do that, let me. Uh, to everybody, if you are ha- if you are being bullied, and if you are in in school and you don't know what to do, there are um, there are websites out there. There are people there. You go to go to your church. Um, if you can't talk to the teachers, find uh, go to the recreation centers. Um, there are places who can help you um, with the bullying. I, I understand. Um, you get scared because bullying, um, that's what they, they feed off of is fear. Um, with that in mind, um, if you also feel in a dark spot, if you, if you feel like your life is hopeless, um, there's, there's one, one way that you can do is open up that Bible, um, read, read some scriptures, learn about the story, ask questions, go, go to church, ask questions. Um, and, and learn a little bit more about Jesus Christ. Um, and I, I'll tell you from my point, I was, I was not in the right mind growing up. If I was in the right mind as I am now growing up, uh, that, that whole feeling of being worthless, the whole feeling of being bullied, um, the anger I had inside me, the, the suicidal thoughts I I've also had. Yeah. Um, all that, uh, would have, would have, uh, subsided a lot more, you know, but there, there are people out there. There's 1-800-SUICIDE that, um, that you, you're completely anonymous. So I just want to thank all the listeners, all the new ones. If you stumbled upon me by accident, it's not by accident. Uh, maybe God has something in this podcast to, uh, help you out through your life. And I want to thank all the all the listeners that listen to me every week, uh, twice a week. You are the glue that keeps this weird podcast thing together. <laughs> um, I want to thank uh, Austin here. Uh, well, his, thank you, man. His, I appreciate it. His Greek name is Augustus. Augustus. <laughs> uh, my I have a son named Austin, and I call him Augustus because it actually is. It's Austin. Oh, is it really? I didn't yeah. know that. And my wife gets so mad. 
it's Austin, not Augustus. Quit it. Quit saying that. I'm like, well, that's just what, um, that's just a Greek version of it. Yeah. But, uh, I want to really want to thank you, your testimony. Um, I know it here's, um, people's hearts that are listening. Um, well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share it, man. Cause it's not very often that I get to really go in depth and, you know, everybody likes uh, the thing that frustrates me so much is people only want surface level for the most part. And I'm like, I'm not a surface level guy. Like, let's go deep. Like, that's what life is about is the depth, man. And that's the same thing with Jesus is Jesus doesn't want surface level. Jesus is like, do depth. And, and, and I did you know, tell you to bring your oxygen tank. Did you, I know. you did bring it. I did bring it. Yeah. Yes, sir. I you forgot your flippers. Tank. How are you going to float back up? I was going to, I was going to bring, uh, I was going to bring my uh, wetsuit, but being that it is cold as it is out here, I didn't know if I really wanted to get that wet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As long as you don't bring your speedo over here. I've seen those pictures, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I, ha, I do not have the body for a speedo. You got so lucky, gonna, Johnny. Yeah. You got lucky. <laughs> I got the beard though. Yeah, I'm, yeah. You that's got the what beard. I got. That's why I got going for me the beard. But uh, can you uh, go ahead and yeah, pray, pray us out. out? Yeah, absolutely. Father God, we just come to you right now. We thank you so much for um, for just being able to to do life, God. Uh, for every person that comes across this or is listening to this, Lord, I just pray that your grace would be on them, God, that if they don't know you, that they would come to you to know you. If they have questions, Lord, that they wouldn't be afraid to reach out to, to Johnny or me or somebody that they feel comfortable and confident to talk to, Lord, and uh, that, that you would just reveal your heart to them through through you know these outlets. Uh, thank you so much, Father, for just being with us today and giving me the opportunity and giving Johnny the platform and the ability to uh, to host something like this so that people like me can share um, our stories and, and go in depth with them and not be afraid to, to share what you know what you've done in our lives father I and mean, we just thank you for that and thank you for your goodness lord and for your love i just pray lord that you would just bless every person that has listened to this and uh lord that you would bless johnny and continue to grow his platform father i just thank you and i praise you and there's no name above your name jesus amen amen thank you guys again thank you guys so uh, much fun if you want to be on the show you have a testimony to go you can email me at Johnny Tacos podcast at gmail.com. I know it's a mouthful, but it's easy. You know, Johnny, me, tacos, you know, you love tacos podcast. Apparently <laughs> this is what we're at and Gmail, which everybody uses if you have an Android phone. So God bless you and keep you and we'll see you again. Oh, also, um, we have an origin stories coming up, uh, in two days with, uh, Tim, uh, burrito, uh, I, I, I'm going to butcher his last name. I'm going to ask him before we have the show because I don't like butchering last names. But it's Breedestein. Breedestein? Brightest. Okay, he's going to kill me for that one. All right. Well, have a good night. We love you. Peace.